This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hello, and welcome to The Franchise Life. I'm your host, Stacey Shannon. If you haven't heard of this concept yet, you soon will, as their footprint is growing nationally and making a difference in people's daily lives. It's called Forever Young Anti-Aging. With me today are the co-founders of Forever Young. I have Carlton Washington and Dennis Dugaloo. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so this is an exciting concept, and I absolutely love it because I am your target customer. I do, so I'm a very transparent person, so I don't mind saying this and letting it go live nationally, but I'm a consumer of Botox, definitely do the facials, and this past year, due to age, have started hormone replacement therapy, and these are all things that you guys specialize in. So how did you come up with the Forever Young brand and where did you two meet? So uh, back in 2014, uh, previous to Forever Young, I had a personal training business and uh, Carlton was pointed in my direction looking for a trainer to coach him for a a fitness competition. That's how we were introduced and that's how we met. Uh, as soon as we started working together, we kind of started bouncing some ideas off of each other of kind trying to put something like this together. We saw this void in the industry um, because we were we were actually patients of many of these services. So we had to go to one place to do blood work and another place to go buy vitamins and then one place to do IV therapy and then one another doctor for hormone replacement. And like, why doesn't this all exist under one roof? And that's kind of how the idea was born. Uh, when we started hiring our medical staff and putting the, the, the team together, they brought the expertise of the aesthetics like Botox and facials and fillers. And so we added that um, as well you know, in the, in the planning process. So we opened in August of 2014, August 4th, I believe was the, the open date. Uh, and we opened with um, what we call the look your best and the feel your best side of the practice. And I, I absolutely love that because many med spas, which you guys are not mm-hmm. necessarily a med spa, and I'll have you kind of talk about why that is. Uh, but many med spas focus on the external aspect of the person, but they don't deal with the internal. So love the tagline, look your best, feel your best. So med spas traditionally will focus on the look your best. We've already mentioned Botox and and fillers and facials and so forth. But what about the feel your best? Can you go into that a little bit, Carlton? Yes. Yeah, so uh, feel your best was the wellness um, side of the business, which was actually the main focus from the beginning. Um, the aesthetic piece came second. And so um, originally, you know, being two guys uh, were interested in, in, in that part and had been patients doing that before. And uh, we were in our low 30s at the time. So, I mean, we still had the benefit of youth on our side in, in terms of our, our personal aesthetics, but that quickly started to change, you know, uh, especially operating the business and, and uh, with the stresses that come along with that. So uh, personally, I, I, I hadn't used Botox before we opened our doors um, and, and was astonished by the the impact that it had, you know, even at, at 34 years old on, on the way we, the way um, you know a person looked, but uh, on the wellness side, um, 
we start with comprehensive blood work with everything that we do and really try to provide solutions for uh, anything that we find on the blood work that can be repaired or reversed, uh, which leads to better quality of life, better health, uh, and even life extension. When you have those two things, I mean, you actually probably are going to live longer. So that was the, the primary focus of the business. And then you know, um, there's other things that happen though with aging that, that also start on the outside of the body, like you said, which is the aesthetic piece. And so combining the two of those we felt was the most comprehensive way to give people what they need, you know, and, uh, and when those two things are working in harmony, that's when you get the forever young result, which should be a better quality of life, uh, better confidence, feeling good about yourself and, uh, and the value, um, which we provide. So. And this business model, when I work with clients that are looking for investments and so forth. Uh, one of the big attributes of a business that they look for is multiple revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And that the Forever Young concept definitely has those multiple revenue streams. Dennis, could you go into that a little bit more, both from a holistic standpoint? Yeah, sure. So uh, like we spoke about, look your best, feel your best, right? So um, typically you're going to see in a med spa where it's just the, the look your best. Um, on the feel your best side, though, there's multiple revenue streams there, um, you know, that a med spa wouldn't have. So uh, the hormone replacement is definitely our leading uh, s services that, that generate the most revenue. But then you have IV vitamin therapy uh, and then you have we have our own nutraceutical line, which we prescribe um, uh, vitamins for patients based off the blood work. Um, and then you have, um, you know, just, uh, other wellness peptides and things like that. So there's a lot of, there's a many different revenue streams plus the, the nutritional consulting. Um, so there's many, many, um, revenue streams that come along with the wellness side. So we're located here in South Florida. It was your first location in Boca? Yes. Okay. So you two personally, how many locations do you guys own and operate? Three. Three. And what does the footprint look like today across the nation? So we have three corporate stores right now. It's kind of like in a triangle, uh, Parkland, Boca, Fort Lauderdale, um, hopefully more. And then we have the uh, up to 78 in development, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and those are scattered between the northeast, uh, southwest, and uh, central as well, um, with Texas being I believe the state holding the most locations more than our home state of Florida. Yeah. It's up and there. Um, looking to kind of fill in the lines between there. Um, really Northeast, Midwest, Southeast, Southwest. Seems like the direction that we're going right now. That's incredible. I, many people dream to get where you guys are today. I know you spoke of uh, being in the wellness field and so forth. I owned a boutique fitness studio for five years and when I started that business, it was back in 2014, there really weren't many national indoor spin studio franchises. And so my dream was to franchise that. Certainly did not uh, in 2015, this little brand called Cycle Bar came and emerged <laughs> and kind of, I just took a step back and said, you know what, this is, this is not our path. So that's what led me to do what I do today. But uh, so, at what point in your journey did you realize this could go big and could be a national franchise brand? I think probably like, uh, it was pretty quick. I think like less than a year in, we knew we had something good going. Um, when, you know, the schedule's packed solid waiting list to get in. 
like we're on to something, you know, um, quickly opened a second location, filled that up. Uh, and we were like, you know, we're, we're not done yet. We still have way more in the tank. How do we get this brand to be not, uh, not necessarily that we thought about franchising, but we always thought about being national and having many, many locations across the, across the nation. So when we started kind of looking into how do we do that kind of fast, quicker, you know, um, somebody mentioned franchising and we're like, let's look into that. And, uh, that's kind of how that started out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will come in and ask though, like, Oh, you guys are a franchise. We'd be like, no. Or, you know, uh, how can I get one of these up there? And we were like, uh, I don't know. Get back to us on that you know, later. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't formal at all. So, I mean, you got a lot, especially from the Northeast, the Northeast was always the, a, a large amount of interest people coming down. We were more, um, we had more snowbirds. I feel like back in 2014 that we do now, as, as far as, you know, having more permanent residents here. And so we were always getting people coming down and saying, Hey, we have nothing like this up here. Mm-hmm. How do we get it up there? And it took us a couple of years for us to get back to them with that, that answer. So, and that's incredible. So let me bring Storm into the discussion here. And so Storm is with a company called the Repum Group. And the Repum Group is, in essence, your franchise sales arm that is helping spur that growth. So Storm, can you share a little bit about uh, what your what you're working to achieve with Forever Young and what the ideal candidate looks like? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and Stacey, I want to thank you for having us on uh, to the, the podcast today. Um, I think one of the things that we've done a really nice job of uh, as a brand is not just growing on a national basis, but growing the right way, right? And, and growing at a pace where we can continue to, to support our franchisees. As Carlton mentioned, uh, you know, I think we have licenses awarded in somewhere around 12 or 13 different states. So the brand is is quickly going to become more of a nationally recognized concept. Uh, really strong brand presence up the East Coast, all across the southern uh, border and all the way out to the West Coast. And now we're starting to fill in, in uh, the Midwest as well, which is really exciting for us. Um, you know, what we've um, really started to drill down on uh, over the last 18 to 20 months in our franchise development effort is who is it that's actually interested uh, in our brand, right? And, and what are the common threads that hold all of our franchisees together? Uh, and we do have uh, franchisees that come from a variety of different walks of life, but uh, really what we've um, been able to come up with is that there are three types of people that tend to show the largest amount of interest in this brand. Uh, the first is the consumer of our products. Our customer also tends to be our owner. Um, and that's something that surprises some people. We, we talk a little bit about our first franchisees, the first people that we brought on uh, to, the, uh, to the family, uh, and none of them were doctors, none of them were physicians, none of them were injectors, they were our own patients. Uh, and that's something that we've seen time and time again, the people that utilize these products that understand the market from them, that have been impacted by them, they want to share that with their community. So uh, people that take advantage of our services, they also tend to be our franchise owner. Uh, the second uh, you know, type of individual that tends to be interested in this, uh, interested in our brand, are the people that already own a business or that already own a franchise. Uh, there are a number of franchisees in the system right now that own other businesses, and it could be a gym, it could be a salon, it could be another franchise, and have been looking for a way to diversify, get into the health and wellness arena, and that is what we represent uh, for that prospective buyer. 
Uh, and the third is the medical professional. Uh, you do not need uh, a medical background uh, to be a franchisee. Dennis and Carlton are evidence of that. Uh, I think it actually worked to their advantage uh, that they did not come from a, a, a pure medical background. Uh, but if you are somebody that has been in med device sales, has been in pharma, maybe you've got a brother or a sister that's a doctor, could be a mother, a father, a best friend, somebody who can validate what we do medically, but you're looking for a way to break into this space, not having to be a physician yourself, um, you know, that, that tends to be our, our third type of, of franchisee. I just like to add something to that as well uh, with what Stormer said in, in regards to the selection process. I was just talking to Dennis the other day about this, and I, I think I think we're in generations of that. Like I think we're on third gen right now, and 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 that's really um, the best part of the process that I'm seeing is the first gen was Dennis and I picking people right off of a feeling and and no process. Um, the second generation was doing it with a development team. And then us both learning together what those people look like. And then third generation is us together with that development team actually knowing what those people look like and then honing in on that. And uh, as you're going through those processes, you see the candidates improving more and more and more and uh, uh, with greater confidence. Um, that's one thing, you know, when, when this goes out and people are interested in, in, in choosing a business for themselves, they really need to totally embrace what it takes to be successful in this industry you know and and this is a, this is a, a passion play for a lot of people and you can make a lot of money in it but you need to like some aspect of this business and you need to want to work in this business and that's one of the things we've really been able to identify over the last few years is what what those people look like well and that comes with maturity right as your system grows you're becoming more mature you're it's a continuous learning process so what are some of those attributes i mean we've heard kind of some of the backgrounds that they come from, but what are some of those intrinsic attributes that you guys are looking for and make someone a successful forever young owner? It's exciting to see people who like the products and services and by liking them also means using them. These are not all requirements. I'm sure Dennis is going to share some that are important to him as well, but liking and, and having a passion for some sort of the product or service is good. Um, and also people who are not looking to go and purchase a business that uh, they think is just going to run on autopilot and make them, you know, a millionaire overnight. Like most businesses don't work like that. And so they need to acknowledge like, Hey, I'm going to get into this business. I'm going to work for you know 12 to 18 months. And then I can be passive if I like, you know, I'll, I'll know the business, but looking for people who want to know the business, uh, who want to work in the business and who appreciate that. And if they have those those traits, then this really isn't going to be feeling like work to them. It's going to just feel like meeting a whole bunch of like-minded people and putting smile on people's faces and oh I happen to get paid for that as well yeah absolutely so Dennis what what are your thoughts on that yeah for me most importantly like Carlton said is the, the franchisee being passionate about at least one look your best or feel your best side of the practice um, I think I mean in general if you get into a business just because you want to make money you're probably gonna lose I mean it's just it's hard to stay mm -hmm. motivated, uh, you know, if you're just chasing money, but if you're passionate about something, it just becomes a lot easier. Um, so that's really important for me. But then also, you know, like Carlton said, we're going into like second, third gen of, of franchisees, candidates that we're accepting. And, um, you know, we're, 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 we're realizing that it's better if they have some business acumen or maybe they never owned a business, but they come from a corporate background where they bring a great deal of uh, expertise to the table, you know? Um, so that's really important to us as well, because we want to make sure that 
you know, if you're in another state and we can't be there to pop in, you know, any minute that we can trust you, that you're going to run a business the way it should be ran and you're going to follow direction. Uh, and then most importantly, now the thing we talk about the most is really finding candidates that are going to follow the process. So if you're coming through the, the, uh, the process initially, you know, and it's a, it's a several week process and you're already like missing calls or missing meetings or, um, you know, rescheduling things, or you're just going out of order on things that we need you to be doing. That's already telling us that you're probably going to be a pain in the ass to work with and you're probably <laughs> going to fail. And we don't want that. So it, we, we've become kind of picky, honestly. Um, and you know, in the beginning, when you start a franchise, you're like, someone wants to buy one. Oh, this is great news. And now we're like, this guy wants to buy one. Well, we need to know everything about him and we'll see if we award him a, a French, a license, you know? It's like those, uh, those, those daddy, um, you know, interrogations when someone's kind of date your daughter, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you come to the house, it's like, that's what it's like. And, and honestly, that's really what our job is now for the benefit of both parties, the benefit of the franchisee and us, it's, it's a two way speed dating, um, you know, in regards to a 10 year marriage, you know, I mean, we're about to get married live on TV, you know, and, and it's got to work out and we got to feel, feel comfortable, you know, because no one wants them to take a loss and we definitely don't want to take a loss. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one thing, I mean, regardless of what branded it is being coachable is, is absolutely an attribute that you have to have. I mean, the value, and I say this over and over again, but the value of the franchise model is it's a proven business model. It works. Right. But can you follow the model and can you, you know, be receptive to advice, be coachable and not go rogue? If, if you can be those things, then you should be successful. Yeah. Or you get a franchisee that goes on vacation every week and they tell you this doesn't work. And it's like, well, yeah, cause you don't work. You know? like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I see your social media, you're, you're at the pool every week. You're having a party, you're on a yacht, like. I mean, we're eight years in and still that's, that's not what every weekend looks like. So, um, yeah, I mean, people need to come ready to work as well. So. Yeah. So, so that brings me to a good point. You guys do allow for semi-passive ownership. What does, and so what does semi-passive ownership look like for you? Because I will tell you nine out of the 10 clients that I work with are looking for semi-passive ownership. And that means something different to two different franchises, right? So for you guys, if you do get a candidate in your pipeline that is looking for semi-passive, what is required from them? What does that look like? That's a great question. Um, it's a good question because it could be different, right? Like I think, you know, Dennis was talking about business acumen. I think that there, and we don't promote this, like, and first of all, we'll say this is not a Dunkin' Donuts or a Subway. So do not invest in this business if that's what you're looking for, where you're going to just hire someone and leave. Um, Semi-passive, I think, will look like someone who is well-capitalized enough to meet, meet the qualifications and who has the ability to lead and manage. And so even if it's semi-passive, I would think that that person would still want to hold an office in, in that business. I would think they would still want to shake customers' hands. I think they would want to be present at some community um, engagement events, you know, chamber of commerce, things of that nature. And then they want to pay and hire with our guidance, the proper people to help lead that office or to do the roles that are needed, you know, proper medical staff, 
proper front desk person and if they know for instance they're not good with the um the extroverted things or the the community stuff hiring for that then yeah you can if you can lead and manage those things properly yes it could be semi-passive but the more time you spend in the front end of the business learning the business typically the more successful it's going to be um each time we have started a corporate store by 12 to 18 months we could have left and been passive if we wanted to uh we keep on going back in the hole but that's what i think a franchisee should be looking at is like when did you guys have the opportunity to walk away you know and i think that that was typically 12 to 18 months but maybe yeah no i was going to say the same thing for me passive means I mean, think about this, right? If you're gonna own this franchise for 10, 20, whatever, whatever many years, right? Passive for me means grind it out hard for the first 12 to 18 months, and then you can be passive. But for me, I mean, cause we just know how we mm-hmm. became successful really grinding hard for the first 12 to 16 months in each location. And then you just, you just know, like you get this sense of like, all right, it's on cruise control. Like marketing's working, patients are coming in, the schedule's full. We've hired additional staff. Things are running smooth. Like you, ju- you start to f- realize that I can back up a little bit. I can back up a little bit more and a little bit more. And the next thing you know, you're watching the 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 store just run on its own. Um, but that's not going to happen from the beginning. And that, I mean, if anybody tells anybody, they can get into any business and just just put your money in here and walk away, and we'll send you checks every month. I mean, you should probably run. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's any truth to that. I, I would agree. I would agree with you. So a couple of things I want to hit on is, uh, and Storm touched on this earlier, that you do not need to have a medical degree or a medical background to be in this business. And, you know, a lot of people, when they look at this type of business, that's their first thought is this is an unachievable investment for them, given they don't have that background. Mm-hmm. So what is needed? What would allow someone like me that comes from the aviation industry and the franchising industry be able to invest in a forever young without a medical degree? Capital, passion, work ethic. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. So where does, where does that medical support come in? Is it through a medical director or how, how does that happen? Yeah. So you're going to have on staff, you'll have a, a medical director, a doctor, uh, a nurse practitioner or PA, or maybe both, um, an, an RN eventually, a medical assistant, and then you'll have some admin staff, uh, a medical esthetician, and that's it. But I mean, they're employees, you know, they're not, uh, they're not owners. They don't need to be, I mean, they can be, um, but uh, you can, you can definitely do it. I mean, Carlton and I are living proof of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the other thing, and this is kind of holding your feet to the fire, but I, I'm and I'm going to throw it out there because I get challenged on it, is uh, when we look at uh, some of the financial requirements. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about marketing, because there's a, a pretty sizable marketing requirement, monthly spend. So, but that's also, and I will tell you. Uh, and it was a colleague of mine that had a client invest in Forever Young, and it was the marketing aspect that sold them on the business. Mm. So although there is a sizable contribution, there's also significant benefits and mm. rationale that comes with that. So what's behind the marketing? So, um, yeah, good question. Uh, we always refer to the marketing as a marketing investment, uh, not an expense. We say that three or four times during our, <laughs> our discovery process. It's a marketing investment, not an expense. 
we are in a business in franchising where you can make more than most or many other franchises. But with that comes greater ex- investment in, in marketing. And so uh, for us, I mean, we've always been around that 10 to 12, 13% uh, mark of revenue when it comes to marketing. Um, so that's kind of in line with a lot of, you know, larger businesses sometimes, but it can be, um, it can be tedious or, or painful sometimes to spend that as a small business owner. But if that's one of the reasons you would invest into a franchise is because if we're allocating those funds appropriately and in the right places, you're getting the most bang for your buck. And the bang for your buck is a successful stream of patience and people knowing about your business and growing revenues. And so we want to get all of our stores to above average revenues as quickly as we possibly can. And the way we do that is by working hard um, alongside of our marketing plan to do so. And so it's, it's really crucial that people buy into that. And uh, yes, that number can be larger than say what you would spend at a you know Dunkin' Donuts, Subway, or even Orange Theory, for instance. Like their their, their marketing spend is is less, but they're attracting less uh, clients typically than we're looking for. And so we're looking for um, the same type of success we've had in this industry. On average, in the med spa industry, one point two million is a successful. Um, med spa, you know, we, we, we call ourselves Fidelity Centers, but the most similar thing would be a med spa. And we want our franchises to be above and beyond that. We want, we want it, everybody striving for over two and it, it, that takes a spin, you know? And so if you're spending 10% of that, let's say first year you want to hit a million, we need to spend over, you know, over 10,000 a month uh, to get there. And, and that should be a, a no brainer for them. Uh, there's some markets where you don't have to do that, but we have really built our business in ground zero, the most competitive market for what we do, which is here in Boca Raton. Uh, Even in this complex that we're in right now, there's probably five places within a stone's throw that do similar services. And so in order to stand out, um, we spend a little bit more than other businesses, Um, but we stress it highly, um, not only with just spending money, but also with the way you spend your time. Um, Going back to the type of people we're looking for, if you're really passionate about looking good and feeling good, the things that we do to promote our businesses around like-minded people really don't feel like marketing work. It just feels like a lifestyle. And we try to integrate our lifestyle into the marketing. So everything that we do is always promoting the business, everything. Even when you're dropping your kids off at school, there's something, the kid's probably jumping out and, you know, something marketed, branded out of a branded car, you know, um, it just never stops. And so uh, marketing does play a massive role in what we do. Uh, especially on the education piece, because as we go into other markets, people are still learning about these things, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so you founded the company in 2014, started franchising in 2018. And then we had this little thing called the pandemic happen. And it's what a testament to to the brand. I mean, you're now at, I want to say, 78 uh, licenses that have been sold, and that's living through a two-year pandemic where brick-and-mortar type of businesses were hit hard. So that's you guys have done incredible. Thank you. So, uh, you know, wh- another thing I would like to hit on here is um, going into going into other markets, and when you're 
talking to prospective franchisees, what type of support from a corporate standpoint are you providing those new owners? What What is the value they're getting for, per se, their investment? I mean, any and everything you can think of from marketing to operations, um, you know, coaching on, on wellness and uh, coaching on the aesthetics, um, you know, kind of coaching on, on how to hire properly and things like that. Um, I mean, the day-to-day operations, training, uh, we, we hold uh, what we call FY Institute where they come in, uh, come to town and they spend a week here and train. Uh, and then on their first week of uh, their grand opening, we have somebody um, from our corporate team there uh, helping them and making sure that they're running the operation properly. Uh, what am I forgetting? I mean... It's a lot. I mean, I, we it's always say stop. this is uh, you can do this business on your own. Anybody that's, that's listening to this, if you want, you can go for it, open it on your own. Um, but what we are, 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 are giving people is a 500000 to $1.5 million discount uh, on entering mm-hmm. this industry. And uh, I guarantee that. I guarantee that anybody out here that, that's listening to this, it's about at least five hundred k that you're going to save by going the franchise route because um, we're not just franchisors, we are operating our businesses day to day. We're in the field, three corporate stores still, keeping up with compliance, keeping up with all the best practices and then living and promoting those best practices on a daily basis. So it's not theory, it's real time information. When something changes in our business, we're right on top of it because we're in the business of that. So um, I think that's what makes us unique. Uh, we're not out there just selling some theory and some concept. We're, we're just giving you exactly what we're doing. And this is what we rely on to be successful every day. And, and that's what the person's getting on an everyday basis. And so um, it's, it's, it's a great way to get into this business. Uh, it, it didn't exist when we were around uh, coming into it. Uh, but it does now. And uh, anybody that's listening to this should know that this industry is extremely hot right now. And so um, you don't want to come in and make mistakes. Those days are over. Like, that's what we did. And, and now, now, you know, um, we're trying to help other people uh, avoid those things. Yeah, I think anybody that hasn't started a business from the ground up uh, has no idea what, what it entails. It's a lot of trial and error for a period of time until you fine tune it. And after having done that myself, that is why I absolutely love the franchise model. So uh, Storm, from a development standpoint, are there any hot markets that you're focusing on or just kind of wide open across the nation today? So there are some uh, markets that we are not yet in uh, that tend to surprise some people. Um, for example, we don't have a franchisee uh, out in Las Vegas yet. Uh, we see that as a very viable market uh, for the things that we do, the, the services we provide. Um, so Vegas is a great market. Uh, Phoenix, still plenty of territory in Phoenix. Uh, markets like Dallas, uh, markets like uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, markets like Nashville, Tennessee. Um, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, all markets with um, plenty of, of wide open territory. Atlanta, um, so Georgia. Those, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, so. Georgia is another one. <laughs> the entire northern arc of Atlanta, Georgia is still wide open. Um, one thing I, I did want to add, Stacey, is, and I think this kind of speaks to Dennis and Carlton's point, right? You asked a little bit about support. We have to provide a lot of that support, right? And, and you know, 
I, I wish I could say that was unique to our brand, but it, you know, franchisors, the reason people invest is for the support. Um, and when it comes to training, you know, we take a multi-phase approach to training, but one of the things that I'm really happy to say is we don't train our franchisees right away because we're a brick and mortar concept. So the first thing we got to help the franchisee do is find a space, right? And for those that have never been to a commercial build out, we got to help them put together an LOI, help them put together a work letter, help them negotiate their lease. Once we find the space, we train in a way where when we present material, we want it to be relevant, right? So we're going to help them find their space first. Then we're going to bring them out to Boca. We're going to train them probably alongside a few other franchisees in Boca. We're going to send them back to their market. And as they're preparing to open their location, we're going to fly somebody from our team out to them to make sure we are uh, retraining on some of the same things we coach our franchisees on in Boca. Because at that point, as they're preparing to open, um, the things that we are training are going to become super, super relevant. So it's a multi-phase approach that we take to training. We think we do it uh, the right way. And again, part of that has been figuring out how to provide that training, right? Uh, Forever Young might be relatively young as a franchise, but not that young as a business, right? They've right. been doing this now for eight plus years and they have figured some things out along the way. So when we when we say, you know, we, we look for people who are able to follow the process, who are able to follow the playbook, it's because we have fine-tuned that playbook for the last eight plus years we have a plan uh and and hopefully uh, and this is what our our franchisees are finding is that there is value in that plan so let us help you execute on it and, and that is what's going to create success yeah i'm so glad you brought up the real estate part because that that can be intimidating for many people and yeah. so having I would assume you partner with a national real estate firm that helps with the identification, the location, and so forth, and negotiation of those letters of intent and so forth. So thank you. That, that's an excellent point. Yeah, we, um, we, we offer all of those services in-house. Um, so uh, real estate, site selection, construction, um, support, everything is in-house. So yeah. they're getting full service when they sign on. So I, I, and I know the identification. So from the time of signing a franchise agreement, your next step then, big step is trying to find that real estate location. Mm -hmm. Once you find the real estate location, what is the typical build out time? It's just going to depend on um, the city for permitting, right? Miami is probably the worst <laughs> that we've dealt with. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even want to get into it, but they're a joke. Um, but other parts of the country, it's fast. You know, we get permits quickly and construction goes smooth. But our build-out process is about, I think, six to eight weeks once we have permits back. Um, and that's if, like, you know, if it's a vanilla shell. Um, but, you know, sometimes we are able to find locations like second gen that we're able to rehab much quicker. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Storm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think six to eight weeks, full build-out. Uh, and then, you know, the longest part is the permitting could be, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. You're just kind of waiting around for that. Um, architectural designs pretty quick, a couple weeks. Um, we move pretty, we move fast on our end. Uh, but you know, when you're waiting on a city. You're at the mercy yeah. of others. Yeah. Yeah. So on a last note, do you guys, okay. So you get the a franchisees ready to open their location. Do you do any type of pre-sales promotions or do they just open the doors one day and and hope the patients follow? So there's no, no, there's a there's a process and a promotional schedule. Uh, everything is is detailed and, and there's a roadmap for all of that. 
So um, as long as they are, like we said before, this is the biggest thing we repeat over and over, following the process, mm -hmm. then yes, they will be advertising and marketing prior to the store open right at the right time. And everything has its time and place for it. So um, there are um, like legacy memberships that are available uh, at the beginning, uh, discounts that are offered to patients that, um, you know, get with you early on in that process. And so, um, yeah, there is a full process for that. We're walking people through every single step of the process of their business. And all we ask is that they follow the process and check the box. Um, before people sell and they come here, we we'll always give them like some stupid analogy, something like really off the wall, like, you know, hey, we ask you on Wednesdays at 9 a.m., you have to show up with a Louis Vuitton bag every Wednesday at 9 a.m. when you open the door to your store. And then, you know, two weeks go by and you're reviewing with the franchise. Oh, well, you know, did you hit your goal? Or like, oh, well, we fell short. Well, are you bringing your Louis Vuitton bag every Wednesday at 9 a.m.? They're like, no, I didn't do that one thing. Well, there you go. That's probably <laughs> what it is. And so it, that's how thorough the process should be, right? Like, and, and, and if you want to be successful and not just for every young, but any franchise you buy, uh, cause I see one day myself being a franchisee of another concept mm -hmm. and, and I'm learning how important that is. And so if I see a franchise concept that I like, I'm going to be picking everyone's brands. I'm going to be annoying and harassing them about every little thing that they did. And I'm going to duplicate it to the T. So I have you know? to ask, What's behind the Louis Vuitton bag showing just, up? And I know, I know, I know Dennis showed up with his. No, so <laughs> so it's actually, um, usually I use like a color, like a red shirt or a green pair of shoes. It's the most stupid little It's just, little it's just detail. an analogy you're using. Yes, yeah. okay. I was looking at your bag okay. right here. But it's the, it's the stupid little details, right? So I'm sure every, sure. I'm sure Jersey Mike's has like this thing that they ask everyone to do. And they're like, that's stupid. And, and I think anybody who would say that to Jersey Mike's probably won't be that successful versus the other guy who's like, okay, Jersey Mike's told me to do this. I'm going to do it just like this. Absolutely. And then you see there's a Jersey Mike's that's literally two miles from each other. And one is double the sales of the other. And, and, and it's the little things like that. And that's in every single franchise. And so, you know, if you're in site selection, listen to them. Don't try to push your own agenda. If they're telling you this is a better site, go with that site. If they're telling you, any little things in the training to do that made them successful, especially while the founders are still around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, use that to your advantage. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me today. Any last words? Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My yeah. pleasure. Yeah, and Storm, thanks for joining us also. If anybody is interested in learning more about Forever Young anti-aging, please feel free to reach out to me at stacy at fusionfranchising.com. Thanks and have a great day.